Better together. <laughs> Are you excited about being better together? Amen. We're always better together, whether we want to admit it or not. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to uh, follow along, however you choose to do that. If you have a Bible or a phone or on the screen behind me, I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, to open up this new series entitled, Better Together. And so as we uh, are going to be talking about this for the next several weeks and then launching the grace groups in, in, in what is this, this September, October, the next month is October, <laughs> my goodness, time keeps clipping by here, so, so here in the month of September, we're going to continue to lay the foundation of being better together, talking about community in the body of Christ, and, and, and just uh, looking at the scriptures and, and encouraging our hearts and encouraging us to be open and receptive to, to coming together, recognizing and acknowledging that we are to much better when we are together in community. I was, uh, I can remember growing up, of course, obviously grew up in a, in, in a Christian home and I wasn't real passionate. I wasn't real passionate about, you know, the faith or so forth. It's kind of, not kind of, I was just lukewarm about it. It just kind of went along. But one, I, I, as I look back on my life, I can see that I, I was a uh, and I still am an observer. I'm one who will always kind of stand back or sit back and just observe what's going on in the community, how people are interacting, how people are getting along or how they are not getting along. And I can remember even as a child, I would observe, you know, uh, uh, turmoil with, within the church that I was a part of, turmoil within the family unit and so forth. And, and I, I would oftentimes think that uh, what really makes a Christian church or a Christian home any different from a non-Christian community or a non-Christian home because I would, I would draw the comparisons in my mind. I would look at uh, non-Christians or people that weren't necessarily worshiping God or going to church on a regular basis or looking at other communities outside of the church community. And sometimes my observation was, and I know this is from outside, things always look better. You always look different from the outside. But I would make the, uh, my judgment would be some, many times I would come to the conclusion that, well, there's no difference. And even worse than that, sometimes I would think that we're not functioning as well as the non-Christian community because of the inner turmoils and conflicts and so forth. And, and so uh, recognizing that, uh, you know, so I would often ponder the question, what is a healthy community? What is a healthy uh, family? And what is a healthy church family? And what's a healthy church universal? And how can we be a healthy community that, is that, that, that would uh, conform into the Jesus high priestly prayer when he prayed that we would all be one, that the world would know? That we'd all be one so that the world would know. We're, uh, and I've come to the conclusion, I'm just being honest with you this morning, that is that uh, we really don't do that well in community. As soon as we get our feathers ruffled, as soon as uh, we get offended at someone, we are much better at voting them off the island than we are at working on reconciliation. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, you've seen it. You've experienced it. I've seen it. I've experienced it. 
And it's, uh, sometimes it's hard not to get discouraged. You think, well, why can't we get along better? Why, why, why isn't the church a better example? Why isn't the Christian family a better example? And therefore, the Christian community, a better example to a lost and dying world. And what do we need to do to build a community and, and to uh, come to that place? Like I mentioned, Jesus' high priestly prayer that's recorded in the Gospel of John 17, his prayer was that we would be one, that the world would know. And so we have some work to do. We've made a lot of progress, but there, there's still more work to be done. And each one of us individually has a, has a vital role to play in this. So as we're talking about community, talking about being better together, uh, Pastor Rodney's been talking about if you want to be a leader, we certainly we need leaders, but we also need participants. But there, there's, no, there's no rank, so to speak. And so, so we are all one, and we want to come together and we are coming together in the presence of God, who is the ultimate fulfillment of our aloneness, and who grounds us in what is real and in what is unchanging. So the ultimate coming together in community is coming together around the presence of God. Under the old covenant, uh, one of the Examples that may be most familiar to you. So the, the children of Israel under the leadership of Moses coming from Egypt into the promised land, making the journey in, in, into, from Egypt into the wilderness, from the wilderness into the promised land. And if you follow that journey, if you follow the history of that, of, of their exodus out of Egypt, their, their wandering in the wilderness, and then their entrance into the promised land, if you looked at that whole story as a community of believers, which they were, you see it in there as well. You see, you see the strength and you see the weaknesses you see it among the people. You see the strength and you see the weaknesses among leadership. There was one point where Moses was so mad, at, uh, where, where God was mad at the people and, and Moses was mad at God. And I read that and I say, amen. <laughs> but... Moses and God had conversation. They got together in community, and, and, and God worked through that, and he worked through the people, and, and he, worked with, uh, he worked through Moses. And, but we see that community as the people were centered around God. The big picture is that they were centered around God. During the day, they had the cloud, but God's presence was manifested as a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, and then also the other provisions of man and so forth. God's provision was always there. So it was a community of believers en route to the promised land. Not unlike the church today, we are here representing God's kingdom here in a lost and dying world. And we are on a pilgrimage as well. And, and, and that is, uh, we are on a pilgrimage, but yet we already have our destiny, we have the kingdom of God within us. God's kingdom has taken up residence within us when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And so when it comes to community, spiritual community is not something that we are, that we are setting out to create. We don't create Christian community. Uh, in the book, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he makes this point. He points out that Christian community is founded solely on Jesus Christ. And in fact, it already exists in Christ. So community, community, Christian community is founded solely on Jesus Christ and in fact already exists in Christ. 
You've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have come into community with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have come into the family of God on heaven and on earth. You are in community, whether you're conscious of it or not. You have come into a family when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So we're not starting something new here by saying, hey, we're, we're, we're starting grace groups, we're starting community groups, or we're talking about being better together. This is not something, a, a new revelation. This is something that, that, that has already existed in Christ. We want to have a greater consciousness of, consciousness of it and an awareness of it and, and, and a participation in it. It's something that we get to participate in. And that's the goal the next several weeks, to raise up a, an interest level and to spark our interest and our desire to participate in what God has already created within us. He has done this work for us. So we have community in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, we're not trying to create something. Uh, the things that we try to create our own normally don't go that well. And so uh, we, we've done enough of those type of projects. So let's, let's, let's focus on, 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 on community being defined as the presence of God, uh, who is the ultimate fulfillment of our aloneness or of our emptiness. And he grounds us in what is real and unchanging. That is the foundation that we are to build upon. So Christian community, it already exists in Jesus Christ. You're here this morning. You're a born-again child of God. You're a worshiper of God. You are in community with God. God is in community with you. Whether you're aware of that or not, he is in love with you. He's madly in love with you, and he's in community with you, and we are to be in community with him and with one another. So in, in preparing this, I found it out that I kept being drawn back to this particular story in Luke chapter 5, but I'll go ahead and read the first couple, uh, the couple verses. I think it's verse 1 through 10 or 11, something like that. From Luke chapter 5, this is the story of, of Peter um, being told by Jesus to, to launch out into the deep for a great catch of fish. So there's a, a many, many lessons in this particular story. You've heard me preach on this before, but here we go. Verse 1 of Luke chapter 5 says, on, on the day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets, for it, let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish they began to tear they, they, they began to tear, in verse 7, a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When, Peter, when Simon Peter realized what, what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was all struck by the number of fish they had caught, and as were the others with him, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, 
Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be a fisher of people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Now, as I mentioned, this particular story is, is not unfamiliar, but I found it intriguing that uh, I've kept being drawn back to this in talking about uh, uh, community and, and being better together. But there's, there's several lessons in here that I, that I think are applicable to what we are um, led to be doing here, following the Holy Spirit for the direction of, of Grace Church in this next season. So you know the story, Jesus borrowed Simon Peter's boat taught the multitudes from there. When he was finished teaching, he said, Peter, launch back out, launch back out to catch some more fish. Launch back out and catch some more fish. And Peter said, well, you know, master, we really, we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch anything. But if you say so, everyone say, say but if you say so, but if you say so, if you say so, that is a very powerful statement from Simon Peter because he's, what he's really saying is that I have all these natural skills and talents. We know what we're doing. We're professionals. But Lord, if you say so, we'll do it your way. I've been trained in this area. I have my degree in this area. I'm the professional. But if you say so, I'll do it your way, even though in my mind it doesn't make any sense. As you are following after God and as you are in community with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you will also likewise encounter in your life those moments where, you're going to need, where, where you will need to reply to God's leading in your life to those moments when he's going to tell you to go right back out and do something that you just feel like you failed in. You were not successful in it. You tried it before, you're away, you're the professional, you have the expertise, but it didn't work. And now God's telling you to do the same thing, but to do it again. Do it again. Say, what do you mean do it again? We just tried this and it didn't work. You want me to do the same thing I just tried and failed and you want me to do it again? Have you tried? being in community, and it didn't go all that well? Have you ever been hurt in a relationship? Am I the only one? Am I the only one? I thought if one more person complains, that I'm out of here. <laughs> That's my Monday morning routine. If I have one more person complain, if one more person gripes, then, but then God says, do it again. Do it again. It's not about you. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. But Lord, I've been feeding your sheep, and I've been feeding your sheep, and they're still not getting along. Keep feeding them. Keep doing it. Keep doing what I called you to do. And so Simon Peter, uh, uh, Jesus told Simon to launch out. 
And he said, if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, verse 6 says, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Now, we've heard lots of teachings on these over the years. I've taught from this uh, numerous times uh, uh, here as pastor of Grace Church. But I want you to see the, the next verse, verse 6, and then the, the next verse is key. It says, and verse 6 again, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear, and a shout for help. Everyone say, a shout for help. Have you ever been in a time of life where you needed help? You needed help for something. This is a very interesting shout for help. This is an unusual shout for help. This is not a shout for help that I don't know how I'm going to pay my taxes. This is not a shout for help. I don't know how I'm going to meet my, uh, my rent. How am I going to meet my mortgage? How am I going to make payroll? How am I going to pay college tuition? How am I going to make my car payment? How am I going to be, uh, be able to afford groceries? But it is a shout for help. Everyone say a shout for help. This is a very unique shout for help because it was not a shout for help in a desperate, I, I don't have enough, I don't know how it's going to work out. This is a shout for help because I have so, such a breakthrough of abundance, I can't handle it all myself. <laughs> Say, well, who would ever shout for help in a situation like that? I'm ready. I'm ready. So far, I could handle my abundance, but, you know, pour it on, God. Pour it on. You have some people that can help you? I know, who to, I know where to shout. I know where to shout. A shout for a help. Now, who did he shout to? Verse 7, a shout for help brought their partners. Everyone say partners. partners. Say it again, Partners. A shout for help brought their partners. Now, why did they need their partners to come? Simon is out fishing. Jesus told him to go out at an inopportune time. He had tried it the night before and was not successful. Now, it even looks like it's going to be less successful because of an inopportune time. But Jesus said, do it. Simon had the wisdom to say, well, you know, if you say so, I'm going to do it. But I'm doing it on your word. I'm going to do this on your word. And he caught so many fish that he needed help. Have you ever had such an outpouring of abundance in your life that you needed help to manage it? Is that possible? Is that a reality? According to scripture, it is. According to scripture, it is. But here's what I want you to see this morning. Don't, don't just get locked in on that abundance. But they had so many fish that their boat could not handle the abundance that they called for their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and, on, and were on the verge of sinking. Boat sinking abundance. You have so much, your boat's about to sink. So a shout for help to their partners. Here's what I want you to see this morning. We're talking about better together. Peter was better off because he had partners. But he, the, the partnership, the community already existed. That would have been too late for Peter to be an independent person 
and have no friends and have no community and no one to call out to, that would have been too late for him to steward the abundance that God had in store for him. The partnership, the community was already in place. Is your partnership, is your community, is your sphere of friendships, is it already in place? Do you have people that you can call on, that you can shout out to a shout for help, not only when things are really, really bad, but when things also are really, really good? I want you to look at it from that perspective. Because many times you look at it and say, well, you know, you better get in the community. You better have some prayer partners. You better have someone that can pray with you and pray through this. Well, yes, thank God we have that. I have that. And pray that you have that. Someone you can pray. Someone you can be transparent with. And someone just, you know, that, you can just tell them anything that's on your heart. And they'll, they'll, they'll pray with you. They'll not condemn you. We need that. But it's also this complete opposite end of the spectrum here is that this was such an abundance that they needed help to steward the abundance that God is pouring out. I believe as families, as individuals, as a local church, God has such an abundance in store for us in these last days to reach out and, and to bring in the last days, the last day harvest before Jesus returns, that we need to have this partnership in place so that we can help one another and steward, to steward the abundance that God wants to bring into our lives. So Christian community, very important. Develop it, get involved in it, and, and ask God uh, what part he would have you play in it and how you can participate, whether it be a leader, a host, or for now it may be a participant, whatever the situation may be. But just realize that when we are developing community, this is something that God has laid out in his word. In Acts chapter three, we have, Acts chapter three, we have the story of Peter and John when they had the healing of the lame man at, at, the, at the temple gate. As a result of that healing, many people became followers of Peter and John of the message, and they became born again. When Peter preached the message, 3,000 people were saved and added to the church. Get into Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are still preaching. More and more people are believing. Peter and John get arrested by the religious rulers, and they are arrested and beaten, and, they are, and upon being released, they release them, but they said, we are releasing you, but do no, no longer be teaching nor preaching in the name of Jesus. Peter and John left that situation, and immediately they went to their partners. King James, I think, calls it their companions. They went to their friends, and they asked them, they told them the story, and their friends lifted up their voice in one accord. They agreed together in prayer. They didn't pray against the religious rulers who condemned them and, said, and threatened them and told them to no longer preach nor teach in Jesus' name. They didn't pray against them. They didn't speak negative about them, but they prayed that they themselves would have a greater boldness to continue to, pro to proclaim the gospel and to preach in the name of Jesus. 
and the place where they were gathered together and they prayed together in unity and in harmony, in community, praying together. The place was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and great miracles took place. And you get into Acts chapter five, there's more miracles and more supernatural events taking place. And you see people on the, on the porch in Acts chapter five and they're bringing people from the surrounding communities and people are being healed even by Peter's shadow just falling on them. They were supernaturally, they were healed. That all came out of a partnership, Peter and John, a partnership together going to the temple at the hour of prayer, the lame man being healed, Peter preaching the word of God, Peter and John both being told to no longer teach or preach in Jesus' name, but they went to their family. They went to their community. Their community rallied around and they prayed for a boldness to keep preaching, keep teaching, keep doing what you need to do. And more and more signs continue to take place. So the community is in. The early church grew exponentially. It continued to grow. In Acts, uh, th through the early chapters of the book of Acts, you see 3,000 people saved and added to the church. You see 5,000 people saved and added to the church. And community is, is, is the very bedrock of it. They have a unity and a community there. They have a, a prayer base going on. And But I find interesting as you get into Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6, administration. Everyone say administration. It's introduced into the church. Murmurings that started taking place. The church was growing so rapidly that they couldn't keep up with the, with the different needs within the church. And, and, and the leaders were finding that they were spending more time trying to meet people's physical needs rather than spending time in prayer and the ministry of the word. And so not saying that people's physical needs weren't important, were not important, they were, but they recognized that their primary calling was to be in prayer and in ministry of the word of God. So they brought in administration to continue to administrate so the community could continue in community in one accord in fellowship and that everyone's needs were met. Your community already exists in Jesus Christ. What we're doing here at Grace Church is we're bringing in some administration to help administrate it. So the people don't have, to, you don't need to fall through the cracks with having unmet needs. You don't need to celebrate and, and, and just enjoy those multi-million dollar windfalls that come your way all by yourself. You can call me, I'll help you. <laughs> Trust me, I'll be right there. I know how to share, I know how to divide things. A million for me, dollar for you. <laughs> no, but you, you get the point. So that's, where, that's what's happening here. Community already exists in Jesus Christ. God loves you. He sent Jesus Christ to forgive us of all of our sin and to invite us into the family of God. And we're joined together with the family in heaven and on earth. And we are in community with one another. And let's learn to celebrate that community together. Let's embrace it. And, and, and let's, let's embrace the... the can you, the reason I'm saying is sometimes we already have it in Christ, and why do we need to do all these other type of logistical things? Because, you know, we need to bring logistical things, and you need to bring administration to, to keep things flowing. And so when Pastor Rodney's talking about asking for leaders or asking you to sign up for a particular group, that's simply helping us administrate, giving everyone a, a, an equal opportunity to participate and to grow and to flourish and, and to enjoy the blessings of being able to, to put out that shout for help, 
whether it's a shout for I need prayer, I need a miracle, or I'm shouting because I have so much I don't know what to do with it. Whatever it is, you can shout and someone's going to be there to hear your shout and someone's going to be there to respond to it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord God. But first and foremost, we recognize that we have been called into community through our loving God and through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Father God, for anyone that's here this morning or watching us online, if you have never received Jesus, if you've never come into, accepted the invitation to come into community with him, I'm going to offer up a prayer right now. I'm asking you to pray this together with us. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, you're coming into the family of God. You're coming into community of the body of Christ. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he came to earth to go to the cross and to shed his blood. I believe he did this for the sin of the whole world. But I also personally believe he did it for my sin. So I confess as a sinner that Jesus Christ is now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father, for bringing me into the community of the family of God. I am forgiven. I am a new person. I'm in a new family. And I rejoice in it. And I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You prayed that for the first time. We want to invite you to stop by our Connect Center and get our Connections room to my left in the back here. Let them know back there. You can let me know online. Let us know online if you've prayed that for your first time. We want to rejoice together with you. And I really think it's really, really special when people come into the family of God. So we want to celebrate it. So we love you all. I already did pray for your healing, whatever else you may have need of. So just continue to receive all the good things God has in store for you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the day, and we will see you next Sunday morning. God bless you. Have a great week. Remember to shout out when you have that abundance and you need me to help you. God bless. <laughs>